pretty good episode. Hello and welcome. Hello. Okay. Hello and welcome in to Tuesday episode of Being Jim Davis, the podcast that pretends to be set in 1981. I can see that's that's that that tagline is a couple years old, (laughs) becoming more and more inaccurate. Uh, as I already said, it's Tuesday. It's December 27th. It's 1983. Today we're reading the 1,000... Nope. 2018th Ever Garfield strip. That's, that's at least one too many thousands. That's, that's, I would say it's two or three too many. Yeah. yeah. Um, what happens in this Garfield strip? Jonathan... Ten days ago, did we mention that we were at the Garfield named after my old address? We did. That I grew up we did, at. Actually. Oh, good. Yes. Okay, I'm glad we. I'm glad yeah. we mentioned that. 2008, West 50th Terrace. Mm-hmm. What a place! Mm-hmm. What a place! Shawnee Mission, to be alive. Shawnee six, Mission, six two zero six eight eight. No, five. Five. Six, we were, six, that was 66205. Six, oh, yeah. Then we, you know, when, when we moved back to, we were in the 66208 area code, which is also a fine. I said area code. Fine zip code. Uh, Numbers, Jonathan. Man. We're, all, we're, all, we're all using them. You know? <laughs> Jonathan. There they go again. In answer to your question, in today's mm-hmm. strip, oh, Garfield is still in a brown paper bag. That's fun. It always is. It always fun. It's, it's, it's paper bag week. That's a, this is, <laughs> honestly, this is... This is perhaps Jim Davis's greatest theme week of all time. Brown paper bag week. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, all right. So Garfield's in a paper bag in all three panels. He does not. Yes, move basically the same picture from the bag at all. And it's mm-hmm. and it's it's basically the same drawing from yesterday. It's been we can see his butt blown up a little bit. Jonathan. Yeah. I I think I didn't say this yesterday. Kudos to Jim Davis for doing a good job drawing this paper bag. Really looks like a cat in a paper fucking bag, you know? Right. Feel like he's got, you know, like the little fold lines drawn and, and, and the bag sort of poofs out where it should because there's a cat in it. I really believe that this is a drawing of a paper bag. Uh, I, I I would have to agree with that. First rate. Yeah. Yeah. Best paper bag yeah. that has been in Garfield, I think, to date. Well done, Jim Davis. Um, I don't know if there's... I was trying to think back if there have been previous paper bag appearances. <laughs> did you, maybe... Um, did John Arbuckle's Bachelor Mag come in a brown paper bag? Oh, perhaps. Uh, Might have. Was it yeah? Was it brown paper or was it mylar? I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, you got you got to keep them in mylar because you know if, if you're gonna re- it hurts the resale value if you take them out of the bag. That's right. That's right. Um, uh, panel one, Garfield thinks interesting. Panel two, Garfield thinks residing in a brown paper bag gives one an all new perspective on one's self. Hmm. What is it like to be... A- oh, wow. Panel three. Wow. We d- I hadn't read ahead. Speak of the devil. Panel three. Holy double meanings. Garfield thinks, quote, I feel 
like a dirty magazine. Is that actually, actually that might not even be a double meaning. That might just be a single. I meaning. think that's just a single meaning, but I, I, I really enjoy that construction. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, so it's, 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 I enjoy that we predicted like both, both of the themes of today's Garfield and that he really does mm. talk. He does, he does wax philosophical, you know, about like the nature of self. Yeah. It's yeah. Right there in the Listeners, text. if you didn't li- listen to yesterday's episode where we discussed at great length, the Thomas Nagel article, what's it like to be a bat? Some say too much length. Yeah, you should go back and check that. John, have we you ever say read that article? great length. How does it, how, uh, what is it like to be a bat? Yeah. I two think questions. I might have read it in school at one point. Question two, have you watched the movie RoboCop yet? No. No. Well, and then the other, lucky you. I, no, and then the other thing go was the, the, the Dirty Magazine. That's all. Oh, yeah. Okay. Do you want to talk about that some more I, before we get into RoboCop Corner I, Week look, 7? Holy I, fuck. I only, week 7. Are we still doing I know. That? It's, after all these years, we're still doing RoboCop Corner. I, I was just going to add that I, 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 mm-hmm. I, I appreciate that Garfield makes this quip. I would prefer it if he referred to it as, I feel like one of John's Bachelor magazines. <laughs> I <laughs> mean, that, that? Would be, that would be a stupendous callback. It would. You it know, would. it's like that's that's Jim Davis playing to, you know, the real the real Uber fans, mm-hmm. you know, the people who are reading all the Garfields and thinking mm-hmm. about them, who remember when John Arbuckle got his bachelor mag and it did or didn't come in a brown paper bag. We don't remember and haven't checked. <laughs> yeah, we have no idea. I'm... <laughs> Look, there's no way to know, really. Yeah. But I mean, but we know that John Arbuckle did. It seemed like he had a subscription, right? It arrived in the mail. Yes, yeah, and it was. He was it Farrah Fawcett or was it? Uh... It was Almira the Amazon. Oh, it was a little that's bit. Right. It, it was, was a, little... a little bit sexist and a little bit racist, and also take out the a little bit on both of those. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I think the implication, though, I don't remember the exact construction. I think the implication was that he had a subscription and they mailed it to him. I don't think he said. I don't think panel one was him saying. Well, here I am, back from the pornography store with my Bachelor magazine. <laughs> oh, he spent so the, much time at the great. pornography store. It's right. Ne- it's right next door it's to right Liz there. the Vet's yeah. veterinarian. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, if you go to downtown Muncie, you got Irma's Cafe. I thought Irma actually re- oper- oper- operated both the cafe and the pornography store. I was going to say it's it's Irma's Diner. Yeah. And then Lyman's Pornography Store. Oh, yeah. And then Liz the vet. Liz's Veterinary Practice. Yeah, all right. Once you say that, it's like, oh, yeah, that is Lyman's job, clearly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like Lyman has a nice wide array, too. It's not like, you know, he's not making assumptions about, like, it's a sex-positive store, you know? Yeah, um, it's 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 it, it, yeah. I he's like whatever you're whatever you're into, as long as it's you know positive and with consent. Lyman's okay with that. Lyman's not here to judge you. <laughs> no, he's not. He's Lyman. What's he? Why is he going to judge? You walk <laughs> in there and he's like, "Hey, friend. Hey, neighbor. What kind of pornography would you like today?" How can I assist you? It's a very, you know, it's a service yeah. service oriented pornography. 
service um, service oriented. Yeah, God. Yeah. No, this one is. I wonder if Thomas. I. I feel like Thomas Nagel would probably article, would probably argue, that it's not like anything to be a dirty magazine because a dirty magazine doesn't have subjective consciousness. But I don't know. Who am I to say? Something, something, qualia. Yeah, I would. No, I'm glad. I was just about to bring up qualia. Well, how, how do you we, feel been, about qualia, John? We've been dancing around it this whole time. We have. Ah. <laughs> uh. uh. I like. What are you? A dualist? A material? Material eliminationist? I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a post-structuralist. Yeah, I mean that's. I'm okay with that. Okay, I'm, I'm fine with that. I don't know if that's a specifically related to the hard problem of consciousness. I don't, kind of. A, I don't think any of this okay. is related to anything. It's true. Well, yeah. I mean that you would say that being a post-structuralist. <laughs> Look, you've been listening to being Jim Davis, a series of non sequiturs. Uh, Speaking of non sequiturs, here's Ryan Pfeiffer's latest email to us, Robocop Corner, week seven. Ryan writes, well, well, well. It's that time again. Time for another minute of the movie Robocop. Have you guys seen the movie yet? No, Ryan, we haven't. (laughs) Don't bother answering. Too late. I can't hear you through the email. I'm just going to assume you haven't. Robocop Minute 7 description begins now. Lewis gets into the passenger seat and Murphy steps on the gas before she can even finish closing the door. We see a shot of the tires rotating in place before it cuts back to them speeding off. The force of the acceleration is enough to force the passenger side door closed. As the car pulls away, we briefly see two mechanics working under the hood of another squad car. Murphy and Lewis speed up a ramp and out of the garage, leaving a trail of dust and creating sparks as the car scrapes along the pavement for a moment. We cut back to the same establishment shot of the station from earlier where we see the car speed past the scene then changes to the inside of a glass elevator with the OCP logo on the stone wall behind it three men in suits enter the elevator a younger man a balding man and a man with glasses as the door closes behind them the elevator goes up the young man asks the man with glasses man if he really thinks that the quote old man will be there confused as to why they would be invited the glasses man informs him that all support teams are being brought by the division heads and that wherever they're announcing must be big Chris seems to believe that reading in this voice will make it less tiresome. It's not. Not at all. He speculates that they could be green. This one's really fucking long. <laughs> I don't know how this minute is so much longer than it. Listeners, do you really... You know what? I don't know. Listeners, if you want to know what happens in the second half of Minute 7 of RoboCop, just send us an email and I'm going to forward this to you. I honestly... Some oh, no, you don't. No, 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 we're not moving on to Wednesday oh, until you read the rest of the minute. He's... He speculates that they could be Dreamlight and Delta City as he faces through the elevator. Hearing this, the balding man immediately turns around to face him, expressing <laughs> his like incredulity that, that they would ever That's do anything funny. ahead of schedule. He explains that it must be Jones wanting to show off after he's got the Duo Nine series you, online. Why would you talk like that? I love that. That's great. Behind the men, we can see lots of other sections of the building towering up upward outside. Uh, we cut to an outside shop of the elevator going up the side of the skyscraper as the glasses man says to the balding man Bob that's that's a tough break the younger man is confused by this so he explains to him that since ED 209 was experiencing delays and going over budget the old man had ordered a backup plan 
He gestures towards Bob as he makes this point. Bob, annoyed with the situation, walks ahead of them as they might reach the 95th floor and exit the elevator into the hall. We can hear the elevator announce the first floor and tell them to have a nice day as another group walks in. The three men walk down the hall past the other beginner glasses. The man explains the young man in backup was probably to light the fire under Jones's ass. The younger man listens actively as he's told that Bob was getting the assignment and nobody in security takes it seriously. Bob notices and notably annoyed says that plan is not working out better, explains his frustration with Jones and explaining him he'd go straight to the old man if he could. The glasses man warns him not to mess with Jones, saying he'll, quote, make sushi out of him. The younger man agrees, saying he's heard Jones is a real shock. Okay, that was another minute. Let me know if you're confused. I mean, I don't think I can make it much more clear. They seem to just be dropping the audience in the middle here, but let me know anyway. All right, bye, Ryan. Ryan, it would be less confusing if you would just not write it in all those accents. Just write it in, like, one, a normal accent. Oh, he wrote... It's hard he to wrote, follow. He wrote the accent? He wrote all those voices in, and it's honestly, it's very difficult wow, to follow. that's impressive. Yeah, I, I mean, impressive that he did, he went to the trouble, and then also impressive that you uh, you read it. I seek to impress. Everyone's you know. doing, we, got, we got another email from Discord about their important policy updates. I'm not gonna. Everyone's doing their best. Everyone's doing a really good job so far well, on this podcast in the production. I mean, definitely, I was doing my best. I don't. I'm not sure that I was doing a good job. Well, you know, I mean, thank you and good night. It's harsh. Thank you and good night. I'm my own harshest critic. I'm my own harshest critic. This podcast was brought to you by the Pitch Drop Podcast Network. Like what you just heard? Support the show by going to patreon.com forward slash pitch drop. And while you're at it, check out pitchdrop.net for more of this and other shows.